You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Well, I hope if you took out student loans to go to college or to, well, that's all you can use it for. I really hope you didn't pay them back yet, because if you are a student with $10,000 of student loan debt, and you make less than $125,000 a year, it will be paid off. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. My website is gopjosh.com. Our network's website is redfutureradio.com. Check out that site as well as gopjosh.com and all of our websites. All of our social medias. Call into the program 57GOPJosh7. That is 574-675-6747 is our phone number. You can leave a voicemail and talk to me and I will play it on the air if it's worth playing. Get some troll voicemails that I'm not even going to waste my time playing. But like I said in the intro, if you are a student or you were a student that took out student loan debt, I hope you have not paid it off yet. Because Biden is planning to cancel up to $10,000 in student loans for the average American who took out student loans, $20,000 for a Dell recip- Pell recipient, I'm sorry, P-E-L-L recipient, recipient. So if you paid off your student loan debt, if you worked hard, and you made sure that you are are paying off your debt, you're paying back what you took out, you took out a loan, you're going to pay it off. Personal accountability, which is something the left always has an attack on. I mean, I mean truly, personal accountability, the left always attacks. Personal accountability of taking out a loan, that is, that is accountability. If you took out a loan, paying it back is being accountable. If you get pregnant, having the child is being accountable. It's something the left has always attacked, always gone against. So if you paid off your loan, and I want to play this clip from Elizabeth Warren, if you paid off your loan, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get your money back. So it's a pretty noisy clip. It's at a campaign stop in 2020. And if you listen to that, he said he worked a double shift. He took out some of his money that he would use for fun things and saved it for his child's college. And he's being laughed at by Elizabeth Warren. If you paid back your loans, no one cares. The, the money's paid off. It doesn't matter to the left anymore. You're out of their hair. They don't, they don't care. But if you cannot budget your money, if you cannot take personal accountability, if you pay and you take out a loan and you can't pay it back, then they care. If you paid it back, you don't get props for that. You don't get a bonus for that. You don't get anything for that. You don't get some of your money back uh, compensated. None of that. Why is it that the left always goes against taking personal accountability? 
Why is it always the government's fault to get involved and take this accountability from the people? Because I don't know about you, but if you take out a loan and pay it back, and people took out the same loan and they're getting it for free, that should be compensated across the board. And I don't support any student loan forgiveness, but if I did, it would have to be across the board whether you paid it back or not. You, you can't tell me this is fair and equitable as the left cares about. So if this somehow goes through via executive order uh, of Biden taking away the student loan debt, only $10,000, here are the qualifications for you if you have student loan debt. If you earn less than $125,000 a year and you have $10,000 or more in student loan debt, $10,000 will be taken off. Uh, if you are uh, make $250,000 if you ma- file jointly as a couple, uh, you're good if you're a couple there, making two hundred and fifty grand or less. If you receive a Pell Grant, federal aid for lower-income students, you could see up to $20,000 in forgiveness uh, under the same category. I, I don't believe this is legal. I don't believe a stroke of a pen is able to do this. We're going to see it in the courts. We're going to see it probably go up to the Supreme Court before it actually goes into effect. But, you know, my personal opinion is that is that our house mortgage now identifies as a student loan payment. A car loan can now identify as a student loan payment. All of these things can now identify as a student loan payment because you can identify as a different gender. You can you can pay back student loans. You know, pay pay back my uh, pay, pay back my, uh, my my house mortgage. I'd take ten thousand dollars off of my house. I, I'd go take out a house mortgage today, and I don't have any credit. I'll go to one of those 20% interest rates place just to get a house mortgage if the government's going to pay it back. But it's taking away personal accountability, as, I, as, I, as I've said. They don't care about you and I, the average person who pays their dues, does what they need to do. It's It's just... It's unbelievable. It's irresponsible that that's the scenario we're in now. Where he actually paid off $10,000 of student loans. And this isn't going to be a recurring program. You're not going to get $10,000 free to go to college. This is a one-time thing for current borrowers. borrowers. Have we ever in American history seen an incumbent president trying to buy votes like this? Seen an incumbent party trying to buy votes? In all my studying of American history, I've never seen something this dramatic. I've never seen a losing party go out of their way to try to purchase votes from the demographic that supports them overall. But 94%, I believe it is, of college-aged students do not want four more years of, of Joe Biden. And they are kind of fed up with the whole Democratic leadership overall for their treatment of Bernie Sanders and, and similar characters. I've never... In my examination of studying American history, have I seen an incumbent party trying to purchase the votes of their populace? So I don't know if this applies to current students, if it's just students before. Obviously, you don't get comped if you paid back your loans. There's a lot that they didn't account for. There truly isn't. So we are going to move on 
where actually Democrats are pushing back against this this debt handout. And this, this is going to just make uh, inflation go skyrocketing. And when you say that, well, they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which even CNN, even Brian Stelzer on the last episode of his program said, the Inflation Reduction Act, which does great work for climate change. If it's reducing inflation, why does what it does for climate change have any priority? Have any notoriety? It's for climate change, not inflation. It should be called the Climate Change Act or the Climate Change This or That. If it's for inflation and not climate change, it shouldn't have things about climate change inside of it. Anyways, Democrats are pushing back on Biden's student loan handout. Uh, even something from someone from Ohio, Tim Ryan, who's running on this big, I don't stand partisanly, I, I, I work with both sides to help the working class. Tim Ryan said, he, Biden is sending the wrong message to Americans who decided against getting a degree and are already struggling to pay their bills. Ryan told the Columbus Dispatch, quote, while there's no doubt that a college education should be about opening opportunities, waiving debt for those already on the trajectory to financial security sends the wrong message to the millions of Ohioans without a degree working just as hard to make ends meet. Am I going to agree with Tim Ryan here? Now, I believe if his bill was to pass through Congress and have to go through Congress, as it's not going to do, but if, if it had to, Tim Ryan would vote for it. He's a partisan vote 100% of the time. But I mean, he's not wrong. Not only does it send send a bad message to those who are planning on for financial security already and who decided against college, but those who went to college and paid it off. There are so many non-starters in this bill. And it's not even a bill. It's not even a legislation. It hasn't been proposed yet. It hasn't been signed yet. But there are so many non-starters in, the, in what's been publicized that I really don't know how anyone on either side of the aisle can say, this is a good thing. This is, this is what we should be doing. In the rapid inflation, in the rapid crisis of student loans, and in, in people just not going to college. I mean, we, not every single person in the nation needs a college degree. A lot of jobs don't need a college degree. I'm being honest. We are going to go to a break. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene had a fake shooting report outside of her home. We're going to talk about that when we return. Also, some special elections on Tuesday. She had bad news for Republicans. We're going to explain why that's quite not the case. Paul Pelosi kicked out of a charity for his DUI arrest. A judge orders the release of a redacted Mar-a-Lago affidavit and a trail of mail-in ballots suddenly found at a post office two years after. Two years after the 2020 election. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Red Future Radio Network. And the Conservative Crusader will be right back after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Red at futureradio.com. Uh, my social medias are GOP Josh 20 on Twitter and Instagram. My Facebook. And everything else on Alt Tech, Gab, Getter, Parlor, Telegram, Truth Social are all at GOP Josh. Follow me there. Patreon is GOP Josh 20, or at GOP Josh, I'm sorry. Patreon is the easiest way to support the program financially if you'd like to help out keep us on the air. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh. You can see my Senate prediction uh, for the Senate seats in all of our. Swing states and our other states as well to see who will have the majority 
in 2022 and 2023, early 2023, the answer may surprise you. So a Rome News tribute report is from Northwest Georgia News is what it is. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene had police investigating a fake shooting report early Wednesday. It happened again uh, today. Police were investigating a fake shooting report that led police to respond to U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's home in Floyd County early Wednesday. Quote, swatting, unquote, is an attempt by an unknown caller to submit a false report of a crime, especially a crime in progress. So emergency services are are sent to an unexpected home. Last night I was swatted just after 1 a.m. I can't express enough gratitude to my local law enforcement here on Rome, Floyd County. The Rome Rome Republican posted on her at Rep MTG Twitter page. Uh, The 911 call was at 1.03 p.m. A.m., I'm sorry. It led them to initially believe a man who had been shot multiple times was in the bathroom at her home. Uh, The caller said there was a woman inside and possibly children. When officers arrived, Green assured them that there was no issue at the home. After we cleared the call and went back to service, and back in service, Rome Floyd 911 received a call from the suspect, uh, claiming a call, claiming responsibility for the incident and explaining his or her motives. It was a computer-generated voice. They explained they were upset about Miss Green's stance on transgender youth rights. Stated they were trying to swat her. Connected to a website that supports cyberstalking and gave the police the username on the site, which I believe is just crazy. Uh, Nick Dyer is a spokesperson for Marjorie Taylor Greene. He said Wednesday, Marjorie Taylor Greene's safety is our number one concern. Late last night, she was the victim of a political attack on her attack on her family and home. Whoever committed this crime, violent crime, will face the full extent of the law. So this is just wrong on every scenario. The amount of times that swatting, which is completely inappropriate, completely wrong in every scenario. Um, every time this has happened, it, a lot of the times it leads to an accidental shooting where something's misunderstood. Police go with their guns drawn and an unexpected homeowner who's going outside to see what's going on is shot or hurt a family member. Something happens and, and someone ends up hurt or worse. This is not only a political attack. This is not only a misuse of the law enforcement. This is also dangerous to a member of Congress trying to hurt her and end her life and hurt her family. That's the goal. This isn't going to end with her. This isn't going to end with one congresswoman. This is just like what they did on Mar-a-Lago. Just like what they've done so many times in the past to Republicans and conservatives. They want you behind cuffs or worse, or in cuffs or worse. They'll do whatever they can. It's it's disgusting. It truly is. That the left is so disgusting, so broken, that they are willing to do that to people they disagree with, simply because they disagree with them politically. That's it. That, that's I, I could never imagine a conservative doing such a thing, a Republican doing such a thing. And I want to talk a little bit before we move on to our next story about the elections about Andrew Tate, who, if you don't know, was a boxer, I'm pretty sure a kick fighter or something, who is seen as a misogynist by the public media, 
has had an online course that promotes and tells young men to post clips of him to make money. And they make money money through his uh, his university, his Hustler University. I'm not a member. I wasn't a member when it canceled. But he has blown up on social media. Very, very much so. And he... Um, he was kicked off social media. He was banned from TikTok, which he didn't have an account, which is the so- Chinese social media platform. He was banned on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, simultaneously, within like 12 hours of each other. This isn't the first time this has happened. This is the same thing that happened to the 45th president of the United States. How, how many of these meetings are going on inside of these big tech companies saying these are who we're going to ban. We're going to go through here and we're going to ban this person, this person, and this person at this time to make sure they're taken off and they're silenced. Well, we disagree with what President Trump has to say on his social media page, so we're going to ban him from Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Well, I disagree with what Andrew Tate posts on Instagram, so we're going to ban him from Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Is there an insider board of social medias? Because not only is that one independent major large corporation having control of whoever they want to ban, but they're conspiring together to completely deplatform and silence them. There's too much power in big tech. There's too much power in Meta and Twitter and ByteDance, which is TikTok's parent. Meta owns Facebook and Instagram. So much, there's more power, I'd say, tied up between these two social media companies, Twitter and, and Meta, than there is in the U.S. government when it comes to deplatforming and silencing people, which there shouldn't be power in the government to do that either. But, but really, social media is working as the arm of the regime in power to silence whoever they disagree with. We've heard Jen Psaki before she left, and she still hasn't had her her show launched yet. But before she left, she talked about how they were having meetings with social media platforms on who to ban for posting false information. Remember that? This isn't a new thing. And I want to know who's on the board between doing the foreign relations between Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook deciding who to ban. And TikTok and whatever else there is out there. It is truly, and I don't have an article about this, so you won't find it in the show notes, but it's truly just anti-free speech. And we know this. But, oh, it's not the government, it's a private corporation being able to ban whoever they want. No, it's not. It really isn't at this point. If you have so much power, you can silence anyone you disagree with across all platforms. You are not a private company. If you can kick someone and ban them publicly from the private square on every public square, you are not a private company at that point. If you can go out and take down these signs and take down the posters and the posts of Andrew Tate or President Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene or whoever else, you are not a private company. If you are working as a as an arm of the regime in power to ban whoever they disagree with, you are not a private company. You are working for them. You are working for the government. And you shall be treated as such. 
So why is it that so many conservatives, so many libertarian-leaning people are fine with social media censorship because it's a private company? How is that a standard we set? How is that the bar? Well, you can be silenced from this company because they're not owned by the government. That's truly the, the bar we set. Is oh, well, 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 they're not the government, so it's fine. Are you kidding me? These global corporations larger than the U.S. government being able to silence any person in any country at any time is unacceptable. They know exactly where we are, by the way. Just just based on our IP data, based on the data shown in 2000 Mules, they know exactly where we are. They can tell if we're a U.S. citizen or not. So they can't say, well, they'll stop banning people. You can't, you can't set global regulations on corporations as a country. It's, I, I'm... I'm tired of the talking point, the constant talking point that, oh, Section 230 needs to be protected. They're a private company. They're not a publisher. You cannot act like a publisher while also pretending to be the public square. You can't say you are working as a newspaper. or You you can't say you're not a newspaper and not publish anything that comes your way. We seriously have to push more on big tech. It's happened to me. It's happened to President Trump. It's happened to Andrew Tate. It's happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's happened to, to Noah Ring, who's a, who's a friend of the program, a ho- radio host on in Georgia. When does it end? The big tech censorship from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Alphabet, the Alphabet community. Um, uh, kind of a joke because Alphabet's the parent company of Google. When does it stop? And when do we, as conservatives, as supposedly Republicans, pro-constitutional people, say the Constitution does not only need to be protected by the government, but it also needs to be honored by private companies? If they were to violate your Fourth Amendment rights, would you say, oh, well, they're a private company. They can do that. They can come seize your home. If they were to take your Third Amendment rights or your Second Amendment, if a private company said, well, we don't like that you have firearms, so we're going to go in and take your firearms and infringe on your Second Amendment, right? We're going to go to your home. A private company, Walmart's going to go to your home and, and take your firearms. Are you okay with that? Because you might take them into their store so we can't have it. You might incite violence so you can't be on our platform. When does it end? When do we stop and say, this is it, we're done? I don't see the mainstream doing that anytime soon because they don't just don't care. But Republican voters and conservative voters have to make that a a prime point. You have to be free speech, pro-free speech on social media and from the government or you're not getting my vote. We have to have higher criteria for a Republican candidate. We can't just keep going on with the same old, same old. That's not working. I'm tired of it. I truly am. When we return those special elections in New York, also Paul and the rest of the primary elections, including in Florida, Paul Pelosi, a um, his charity kicking him out, a judge ordered Mar-a-Lago affidavit release, and more. When we return on the Red Feature Radio Network, this is the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 
This is the Conservative Crusader. You know, I was thinking during the break, I, I meant to mention this before we went to break, but we were running out of time. If you are afraid, uh, and if you missed that segment, go back and replay it. But if you are afraid of big tech censorship, if you're afraid of of being taken down by the public square, supposedly, go to the true public square platforms. Go to Gab, go to Truth, go to Getter, which I don't like Getter, but it's it's okay. Go to Telegram. My Telegram is t.me slash gopjosh. Very easy to find, t.me slash gopjosh. I don't use it very often, but in case of dire emergency, we use our Telegram. And we are going to move on now. Jerry Nadler defeats uh, Maloney in the Battle of the Democrats, the incumbents. Today, or not today, but yesterday, Tuesday, Voters in New York, Florida, and Oklahoma chose their nominees for November elections as the highly charged primary election season winds down. Just four states remain, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Delaware. With contests in September, Louisiana holds its primaries on election day, November 8th. I do not know how that situation is set up. In Florida, Democrats nominated Charlie Christ, the former governor, to challenge Ron DeSantis in one of the most closely watched races, or Chris, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, in the Senate contest. Democrats backed Representative Val Demings, the former Orlando police chief, as the nominee against Marco Rubio. I want to go farther into Florida than they mentioned in this article. Uh, Corey Mills beat out, uh, he's a rhino, he's he's establishment, he's not America first, he's a neocon, beat out Anthony Sabatini, who was a great candidate. I mean, he truly was. You could tell he was working for the people of Florida and not for himself. He wasn't working for special interests. He was working for himself. And so Anthony Sabatini will not be in Congress. He wasn't working for himself. I'm sorry. He was working for the people. He's he's not going to be in Congress. Corey Mills will be taking that seat. Who? Oh, he was a Trump nominee. Yeah, during the Trump administration was not the Trump administration was not the Trump campaign. Trump did not govern like he campaigned at all, which is just sad, but hopefully he'll do better in his second term when he wins again for the third time. But Corey Mills beat him out. Uh, Laura Loomer lost to uh, the incumbent, Daniel Webster. It was a close race. It truly was a close race. I think it was about six points when it was all said and done in that election. Uh, Ron DeSantis was uncontested. Uh, Nikki Fried or Freed was the only statewide elected Democrat pre-primary, and she lost to Charlie Christ or Christ. I, I'm going to say Chris because I don't like saying uh, comparing him to the one and only. So uh, she she gave up her seat as the agricultural commissioner. Two Republicans to have a full statewide Republican-only administration, which is awesome for us. But Nikki Fried is out of politics. Charlie Crist, or she's not out, but she, she should be. Charlie Crist is taking that nomination against DeSantis. will lose by about 16 points when it's all said and done. Uh, in New York, a fight over redistricting led to delayed congressional primaries. In the 12th District... Committee Chairs Representative Jerry Nadler defeated Committee Chair Carolyn 
Maloney, uh, and a third Democrat, Siraj Patel, Nadler Mayoni, uh, in Maloney, in Congress, since the Clinton administration were thrown into the same district after a messy redistricting process. That's the big stories. Oklahoma, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen won the GOP nomination, defeating T.W. Sharon. He is favored and will be to complete the term of Senator James Inhofe. In New York's 10th district, a dozen candidates are vying for an open seat. Um, Daniel Goldman and Mondori Jones, who moved from another district as part of the redistricting scramble, are some candidates. In District 17, these aren't really covering the after results. Um, Ryan, Paul Ryan, won the uh, the November, or I'm sorry, the New York 19th district seat. Was filled by the now lieutenant governor. And that's an important race, and I want to tell you why. There is a, it was a special election which Republicans in this primary have seemed to, or in this process, have always overperformed in special elections. This one, the, pardon me, the, the Democrat outperformed Biden. This is not as big of a deal as, as people are saying it is, and people are going to cover this on, on left-wing shows for hours, but I'm going to mention it for about five minutes, okay? It was a separate ballot. Democrats going to the polls for congressional primaries already voted. So they would have had to go through again and say, I also want to vote in the special election. Now, I'm not in the New York media market. I haven't been following this very closely, but I don't know truly. I, I don't know when this, uh, how, how this played it. They were like, you need to pull two, two ballots. Republican voters are, are more likely to not watch as much TV, not be as informed in, in the mainstream ways as the left because they're they're lazy. And so they probably wouldn't know to vote for Republicans in New York's 19th. You had to pull a separate ballot. It's two different ballots. And that in itself is not only malpractice, in my opinion, it's also just it's not going to lead to a fair result at all. So, so that's not a race to worry about. It's not a race to be following closely. Oh, no, Republicans, the red wave is over because... Oh no, uh, uh, New York's 19th, the Democrat overperformed by two points. No, it, it's not that. Don't doom. Don't be a doomer. No one likes a doomer. We're fine. Republicans, are, the red wave is still going to go on. We're fine, folks. We're, we're fine. So, some interesting news right now as it breaks. The actor for Pocahontas in Disney's movie was arrested in Xenia, Ohio. In, uh, she lives in Dayton, but in Xenia, Ohio, uh, for disorderly conduct. So, so she has alcohol in her breath. So, so the Xenia Pocahontas actor for Disney was arrested. Not, not Pocahontas herself, not Elizabeth Warren, but, but the, the other Pocahontas, the real Pocahontas, the actor Pocahontas. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I just wanted to bring that to you. It's kind of interesting. Paul Pelosi is the husband of Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi couldn't like lend him one of her brooms or something to stay off the road. But anyways, he had a DUI. He was arrested, but he flashed the card of a lifetime membership card of the California Highway Patrol 1199 Foundation, and they are rescinding his membership afterwards. 
After evaluating the events that led to Mr. Pelosi's arrest and conviction, we are revoking Mr. Pelosi's lifetime membership of the CHP 1199 Foundation effective immediately. Uh, when the 82-year-old was questioned by highway patrol officers and asked for identification, a slurring Pelosi had offered his driver's license and the membership card, according to a criminal complaint. The mere presentation of his 1199 Foundation identification credentials to a law enforcement made it appear that he was presenting them for preferential uh, uh, preferential treatment. It was in a violation of their terms and conditions. These actions reflected poorly on the 1199 Foundation and undermine un, undermined yeah our important mission. Pelosi dodged jail time. He will th- serve three years probation. Folks, if you are a member of a charity that helps law enforcement and you're arrested for something you did illegal, is that important in that instance? That's my question for you. Email me, josh at jupjosh.com or call in 574-675-6747 because if you are a person, if you if you are a, a, a member, a card-carrying member of a charity... I mean, come on. That's just... It's stupid. Personal... Lack of personal responsibility. The left, once again, if you missed the beginning of the show, listen listen back to the beginning on the podcast, gopjosh.com slash show. The lack of personal responsibility is un... Uh, unbelievable. I'm I'm I, I'm blown away. You you take the the membership card of a charity and you say, you know what? This is gonna get me out. This got my get out get out of jail free card for my Monopoly box. Sorry, grab the wrong card. I meant this one for Monopoly. No, you're not personally responsible enough to pay off your loans. You're not personally responsible enough to carry your baby to term that you conceived. And you're now not personally responsible enough to get out of your own DUI without a membership card. It is unbelievable. Only have time for one more story today. We're going to save the story of the mail-in boxes for next Monday's episode. But the judge ordered a release of a redacted Mar-a-Lago affidavit. Uh, The judge, considering the release of the affidavit used to support the search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate on Thursday, ordered a redacted version made public by noon on Friday. We'll cover that on Monday. It is unclear whether the Justice Department would appeal. Earlier Thursday, the Justice Department uh, submitted its proposed redactions to the affidavit. In its order, Judge Bruce Reinhart said after reviewing DOJ's um, memorandum and proposed redactions, he believes the government has met its burden of showing a compelling reason and good cause to seal the requested portions of the affidavit. It would reveal the identities of witnesses, law enforcement agents, and uncharged parties, the investigation strategy, directions, scopes, sources, and methods and grand jury information. So we'll cover that on Monday in higher detail. And we will also cover that story of the box of ballots just found on the in the post office two years later. But until then, for the Red Future Radio Network, fighting for the future of America every single day, well, on, on social media every day, on the radio two days a week, GOPjosh.com, RedFutureRadio.com. This is the Conservative Crusader, and I'm very glad to have you on the air and have you listening to our program. 
you know, I, I say it a lot, but I truly am so, so thankful for all of you, for everything you have done for the program to keep us on the air for so long, for two years, over two years, almost three years, next, in four months, it'll be three years. How many 16-year-olds can say that they've had this successful of a program for two years? I, I started this program when I was 13 years old. 13 or 14. Who can say they've been they've had such a, a great audience for so long? So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me, supporting Red Future Radio and supporting this program and supporting saving our state and our country because it needs to be done. Until next time. My name is Joe P. Josh. This is the Red Future Radio Network. Fighting for you every single day. Josh at JoePJosh.com and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 